0: A very good morning to my brothers and sisters in Christ and so to the friends and the guests that are with us uh, this morning. Uh, it's a privilege to be able to speak before you and we are continuing our series of lessons about loving one another, our relationship with one another in particular. Over the past few weeks previously, we have talked about various responsibilities and duties that we have towards each other. And today we we'll are talking about forbearing one another. I'd like to first define the word forbear. What does the word forbear mean? Well, the word for bear comes from the Greek word anikomai, which means to sustain. Okay, you, like, you, have a, you have something that you need to sustain, something you have to bear with. It means to be able to endure, to be able to have the burden that you are able to bear with, to put up with. And we see that this word also is translated into these various terms as we see in the Bible, in the New Testament. For example, this word is so translated as suffer. You are able to suffer to put up with something. Just as how our Lord Jesus put up with the faithlessness of his disciples. We remember that Jesus uh, was transfigured on the mount with his apostles. But the next day, when he comes down, the disciples came to him, telling him that there was an unclean spirit that they were unable to cast out. And Jesus rebuked them for their lack of faith. In fact, in Luke chapter 9, verse 41, he says to them, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you and suffer you? Bring your son here. So he said, "How long can I put up with you? You are so faithless. I've told you time and again, but yet you refuse to believe in my power." We also see this word being translated as that. You remember that the Apostle Paul faced a lot of uh, tribulations, a lot of problems when he preached the gospel. And in Acts eighteen, we see that there was an issue in Corinth where the people, the Jews, accused him of teaching the people to worship God against the law, contrary to the law. And so Paul was about to defend himself when he was about to open his mouth. Gallio, who is the magistrate there, he said to the Jews, if you were a matter of wrong or wicked lunatics, all oh you Jews, reason with that I should bear with you. So he said that if it's something that is right or wrong according to the civil law, he will bear with them. He will put up with them. He will tolerate the accusations. By saying it's a matter of your own law, I will not be a judge on such matters. So here, Gallio stated his refusal to tolerate the accusations against Paul. So the word forbear can also be translated as tolerate. It also means to endure as well. Okay? So we see that Paul writing to the Thessalonian Christians, he commended them for the afflictions that they were able to endure the that they forbear for the sake of Christ. And all this word is from the same Greek word, anikomai. So in 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 4, Paul says, So that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. So they were commended because they forbear the persecutions that they face for the sake of Christ. So I think we are quite familiar with the term forbear. We understand how we use that in our daily usage. In fact, in our local dialects, uh, we have a word that we often use to translate as forbear. Okay? And that is the word tahan. Uh, okay? Tahan, we say tahan, but tahan a bit more. Okay? And in fact, this term uh, tahan is actually used in quite a few different languages. Uh. I was quite surprised to know how it come from. Okay? For example, it's used in Singlish, uh, where it means, of course, endure to bear. Okay? So when you say bui tahan, uh, bui tahan, uh, means unable to withstand or cannot stand something. I've you already. I cannot stand you. Uh, I cannot take it anymore. Okay. So we use the word Tahan. But do you know that this word Tahan, uh, I, thought it's, it's, uh, I thought it's Hockian, uh, but I think it comes from a Malay word. Uh. So Malay also have the word Tahan. Okay. Sometimes they use the word tabole, Tahan. It uh, means I cannot, I cannot take it. I cannot stand anymore. Okay. I was also pleasantly surprised that this is also a Tagalog word. Uh. Tahan is also a Tagalog word. Okay. But the word is a bit different in the meaning. It means to stop, To cease. So, in that sense, it's talking about I reach my limit. I cannot endure anymore. Okay? So, there's a phrase called tahana which means to stop now. Okay? So, what we think of tahan as endure, endure uh, but in Tagalog, tahan means that I already reached the maximum. I cannot endure anymore. Okay? So, this is a word that we are familiar with that symbolizes the idea of forbearance. It encapsulates what we have discussed so far. So, when you think about forbear one another, you can think of tahan one another. Chinese, we also have a word uh, that we use for this meaning of forbearance, an equivalent term. and okay? Chinese, we have this saying, uh, 人自头上一把刀, uh, means what? The word above run uh, is the, it's a knife. Uh, okay? So you see this word, uh, there's a knife on top of the heart. Your blood get cut already, uh, your, your heart get cut already. There's a blood dripping out, uh, but you still tolerate. Uh. Wow, that one, a really high level of endurance. Uh, Can imagine a heart poking through, uh, knife poking through your heart? But yet you tahan, you tolerate the pain. Okay. So that's the kind of endurance you're talking about. I already reached my limit. I cannot bear it anymore, but I still continue to forbear. That's the idea that we have in the scriptures, that we forbear, we tolerate, we endure one another. Okay. So we can see from these terms that we have used so far, we understand that forbearance is not an easy thing. Ah. It's not something that's easy to do. Ah. It requires a lot of pain, a lot of effort, a lot of endurance. But yet, the Lord commands us to forbear one another. Simply put, if we cannot even tolerate one another in this lifetime, how can we forbear one another for all eternity in heaven when life is over? Imagine we see each other maybe a few times a week. For those who come every week and Sunday, maybe we see each other two times a week. If two times a week, uh, I cannot stand my brother or sister. Uh, can you imagine eternity? Uh, you spend every day with a person, all day with a person, every time. Uh, how to endure Right, So we must learn to tolerate, to forbear one another while we are on earth. Otherwise, how can we do that for all eternity? Chinese have a saying that uh, says, means you see each other once in a while, it's still okay. okay. Friends, You see each other. But you live with the person. Uh, it's a different story. Uh. During courtship, uh, you, if you're or your, your partner, your husband, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, uh, it's much easier, right? Ayah, I want to see them again. I want to every day spend time with them. After marriage, yeah, different story. Yeah. I want me time now. I want to get able to have my own personal time. I need my own personal space. So we understand it's sometimes difficult to tolerate, to forbear one another. But we do that. Husband and wife, we, we forbear one another. Families, we forbear one another. Likewise, in this spiritual family, we need to forbear one another. So this morning lesson, we shall consider about the need to forbear one another. We shall look at three points. Okay? We shall look at one of the requests that the master of forbearance have, we shall look at two reasons why we need to forbear. And we shall look at three requisites, what are the qualities, the attributes we need in order to be able to forbear with one another. Let's first look at that one request that this person has. I call him a master of forbearance uh, because he's someone that really forbear a lot of things for the sake of Christians. And of course, I'm talking about the apostle Paul. Paul is a man that we see that really forbear a lot of things, Right. He went on his missionary journey, suffering many persecutions, many problems. In fact, when we look at 2 Corinthians 11, the list of sufferings that he went through for Christ, well, that's really a very long list, a really a very big sacrifice that he makes. Even if for us, maybe going through one item, uh, being able, being stoned, uh, being shipwrecked, uh, suffering hunger and suffering sickness, we uh, really feel that, wow, well, that's a loss to take. But yet, Paul went through all of them. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 to verse 3, which will be our key text for this morning, we look first at Paul's forbearance, his example. In fact, when he writes to them, Ephesians is one of the, the prison epistles, together with Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. These are the four epistles that are written in prison. So Paul appeals to the Ephesians. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord. Paul talks about the things that he has to forbear. And what did he forbear? Well, consider that why was he in prison? He was there not because of his personal wrongdoing, not because of something that he had done against the law, but yet he was imprisoned for the sake of the Gentiles. The very people that rejected him, he was imprisoned for that cause. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1, Paul says, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles. So when you are preaching the gospel, you'll see that time and again, he actually met people who were against him. Earlier we talked about the city of Corinth. The Jews accused him that he convinced people to worship against the law. Okay. So that was why he teach the Gentiles that he had to follow the New Testament instead of following the old law, which shall be abolished. And so for the sake of the Gentiles, he was now suffering imprisonment. Okay. And the suffering was not for any wrongdoing. Uh, okay. If I suffer as a murderer, I suffer as a thief, that is well-deserved. I have nothing to complain. But Paul was suffering for a just cause. because he wanted to preach the gospel to them. In fact, 2 Timothy 1, verse 11 to verse 12, Paul talks about his apostleship that was given to the Gentiles. We know that Peter was an apostle to the Jews. He was an apostle to the Gentiles. So he says, I'm appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Consider that if Paul had preached to the Jews, probably none of this suffering would have occurred because the Jews were happy to know that oh they are God's chosen people. But now Paul goes to the Gentiles, the people whom they consider unclean, the people that they consider to be rejected by God. That was when the Jews became envious, became jealous. They were the ones that were given the gospel, but they rejected it. But now the Gentiles had the same benefit, and they were unhappy about that. So for that cause, he was now being imprisoned. He suffered persecution. But did he give up in spite of all this? Probably people who go through prison and say, I better don't go through the same experience again. Since he landed in me in prison, I will not preach a second time. But yet, Paul continued to preach. And subsequently, we see his 1st and 2nd Timothy, that was his second imprisonment when he write final letters to his beloved uh, mentee, that was Timothy. So Paul continued to forbear. He continued as an ambassador of the gospel in bonds. Despite being put in prison for preaching the gospel of Christ, he continued to persevere. In fact, at the end of the book of Ephesians, after telling them to forbear, notice so this one was Paul's prayer. He asked, the, he asked the Ephesians to pray for him so that utterance can be given unto him that he may open his mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. For which I am an ambassador in bonds that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. This was a man who doesn't know when to retreat. Huh? He was imprisoned for the sake of Christ, but he says, continue to pray for me. Pray for me that I can speak boldly even when I'm in prison. Even when I come out of prison, I must speak the word of God. He says, I, I, I'm supposed to speak. Please pray for me that I have the bonus. So this was a man who really knows how to forbear. No matter what problems that he faced in life, he forbear it for the cause of Christ. And so we talk about Paul. Now he writes to the Ephesians asking them to forbear one another. This man is definitely well qualified to talk about forbearance. Seeing that he forbear a lot of things for the Gentiles, so now he tells the Gentile Christians, just as I forbear all things for you, now you forbear one another. And the forbearance that these Christians go through will never be as tough as his. So he has every right; he's well qualified to teach them about forbearance. So now he pleads with the Christians to forbear one another in love, as we see in Ephesians chapter four, verse one and verse two. So what are the things that Paul? taught the Christians to forbear? Well, consider some of the things that I mentioned in his epistles, what they need to forbear. One of the things they need to forbear is sound doctrine, teaching from God's word. He says you need to forbear. Again, the word endure here is from the same Greek word, anikomai, which is translated as forbear. In 2 Timothy 4 verse 3, he warns Timothy that the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts will they hit to themselves, teachers having itching ears. Prior to this, Paul says, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Paul says, preach the sound word, even if people will not endure. So here, Paul is telling us that we need to endure, put up with sound doctrine. But I you know, sometimes people don't like to listen to sound doctrine because sound doctrine teaches me that I'm in sin. It teaches me that I'm not, I need to do better. But when people like to hear what they like to hear, things that please their ears, or I like to hear messages about God's love, to me, it's okay. I need to hear messages that tells me I'm okay, even though I'm not living according to God's, God's uh, will. I want to hear that God is merciful. God will forgive me even if I'm in sin. That is not the sound doctrine. Paul tells us we need to forbear with the sound doctrine, even it may cut our heart. Okay. Just as we talk about, for example, David needed to hear that he was living in sin, in adultery with Bathsheba. That was a sound doctrine, even though it hurt him. So likewise, the same way, we need to endure with sound doctrine today. When brethren forsake the assembly, they need to know that it's a sin. They need to be right with God. They need to worship with the saints. These are things that need to be taught. And when brethren hear that, we shouldn't be angry with the preaching, but we need to endure this sound doctrine. Secondly, Paul says, endure, suffer the word of exhortation. Again, the word suffer is from the Greek word, anikomai. So Paul says, uh, uh, Hebrews he believed to be written by Paul where he says I beseech you brethren suffer the word of exhortation for I have written the letter unto you in a few words okay. so he suffered the word of exhortation interestingly the word exhortation uh, carries with it the idea of encouragement but also admonition telling us that when we do wrong we are being corrected so when brethren correct us with the right intentions with well meaning we need to suffer it for example if brethren say that, hey, how come you are always dead over worship." That is something that is in our interest. We need to forbear it. So we need to suffer the war of exhalation. When we do things that are wrong, Brethren rebuke us, hey, I think the thing that you said is very insensitive. I think the thing that you have done is something to others. We need to be able to forbear such encouragement, such admonition, And we also have to forbear with Christians as well. In fact, Paul called the Corinthians to forbear with him. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, would to God you will bear with me a little in my folly and indeed bear with me. Again, the word bear from the Greek word anikomai, to forbear. Paul says, put up with me to forbear me. Why did he have to say that? Because the Corinthians uh, couldn't tolerate him. This was a man who preached against their sin, telling them that, oh, you have sin, you have disunity, uh, or you have a brother in your midst, uh, his father's wife, you bring one another to court, all of you have sinned against God. But Paul says, forbear with me. Interestingly, you notice that who did the Corinthians forbear with? They actually forbear with false teachers. Uh. People who taught them things that are pleasing to their ears. In verse 4, Paul says, For he that cometh, for if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus whom we have not preached, if you receive another spirit which you have not received, or another gospel you have not accepted, you may well bear with him. So unlike what Paul is teaching, these people teach things that are e- is easy to listen to. But Paul is saying that you bear with them, but you don't want to bear with me. Look at, the, contra- uh, look at the, the contradiction. You rather bear with false teachers that teach things that are wrong, rather than to bear with him who is teaching the right thing. So Paul says, bear with me. In fact, in verse 19, it says, you suffer fools gladly. Yeah. Again, the word suffer is from the Greek word, anikomai. You bear with fools. And these are people who take advantage of them, who, are, who rob them. So, but Paul says, why do you bear with them? But yet, you do not bear with those who are doing the right thing. So Paul here please with Christians to forbear one another. Those who are preaching sound doctrine, forbear with them, even if it may be hard to hear. Those who correct us for our good, forbear with them, even though it may not be pleasing to the ear. Those brethren who are sound in the faith, we forbear with them, even though sometimes they do things that may irritate us, that may not please us, we forbear with them. So the question we need to ask ourselves is, do we follow positive examples of forbearance? Well, Paul tells us that we need to follow those who are walking in the light. Brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so, as you have asked for an example. So Paul says, follow my example, mark those who are good examples, and follow these examples as well. So what are some things that we need to forbear? Well, we need to forbear personality differences, but not doctrinal errors. You know, sometimes people speak things that are harsh, they are blunt. Some brethren uh, are not very tactful in their words, uh. They tell you something. Another brethren can tell it in a very nice way, in a very tactful way. Okay, but yet sometimes some people are just very direct. They tell hey, you're late. Okay? Another brother will say that, oh, what happened? Uh? Uh, traffic very bad. Uh. MRT, very bad. Ah, uh. uh, yeah. Maybe hopefully the next time will be better. They know how to phrase it to package it very nicely. Okay? So different people have different personalities. Some people may be introverted, some maybe may be extroverted. Well, we need to forbear with this brethren. But as we see earlier, we cannot forbear with doctrinal differences. Errors in doctrine, teachings of God that are wrong, we cannot forbear with them. But sometimes it's sad when people rather forbear with errors rather than forbear with personalities. Uh, In the Philippines, where my wife is from, sometimes we see churches splitting up, not because of doctrinal errors, but because of personality differences. I don't like the way the brother speaks. I mark him as a false teacher. That's not the right thing to do. On the other hand, there are people who write off doctrinal errors as personality differences. The Churches of Christ here in Singapore, okay, there was a split between the Churches of Christ because of false teachings that crept in, they were brought by uh, uh, liberal brothers, liberal brothers that came from the States, where they teach the preaching that all life is worship. Okay? When some brother confronted them, okay, uh, the churches there that embraced this uh, false teacher, they said, that, oh, it's a personality difference. They cannot get along, that's why there's the church that split. But it's not true. It's because of doctrinal differences. So for us, when the Bible talks about forbearing one another, it's talking about forbearing personalities. But when it comes to doctrinal things that are wrong, we cannot forbear such. We also need to forbear with one another's idiosyncrasies, okay? the characters, quirks that we have, we need to forbear with them, but not with sin. For example, a brother that sister that sometimes we cannot take it uh, because they talk very loudly. Okay? Uh, my wife is someone who is forced to say, well, wow, sometimes the brother and talk very loud to them. Uh, she gets very intimidated well, we say, well, maybe I cannot forbear. But those we have to forbear because it's nothing wrong. But if there's a sin that's involved, well, that we cannot forbear. A person who likes to be late, well, that's a quirk that's a that the person has, uh, we forbear that. But a person who likes to smoke, who likes to gamble, uh, you say, I, I forbear with him, uh, him uh, uh, let him do what he wants. That is sin. Uh. We need to be able to expose the sin so that the brother can come back to the truth. So when we talk about individual so we're talking about quirks, habits, they are not sinful. Okay. maybe some people like uh, it's a morning person uh, nothing wrong a person that's a morning person likes to read the Bible early in the morning well we don't, we don't condemn him for that a person with the day our, night hour maybe he reads the Bible at night ah. he'll say hey brother you cannot read at night ah. you must read in the morning maybe he, he, he takes it better he learns better when he studies at night so all these things we forbear with one another and thirdly we need to forbear with criticism ah. sometimes people rather criticize us it's for our good he helps us to be better a lot of times, criticism is very subjective. Uh, okay? uh, one of the criticisms that I heard, uh, quite a fool, uh, or when person, someone tells me, uh, that's the worst song leading that, that I've ever heard. Very hurtful. Uh, but I say, okay, la, that one, preference, you may not like my style, I also don't think I'm a good song leader, but I try to do what I can. Okay? But this type of criticism, sometimes we can forbear. But we cannot forbear slander because that affects our influence. Okay? You notice, Nehemiah, when you're building the wall, the people criticise the wall. Oh, if the fox jump over it, the, fall, the wall will also collapse. Well, he carried on the work. He doesn't care. But when the people criticize him, attack his character, or oh, you are raising a rebellion. We are going to report to the, uh, to the king. He says there's no such thing as you speak. He has to defend himself because now the honor, his influence is being affected. Likewise, when Paul preached the gospel, he meets a lot of people who criticize his preaching, right? They criticize him, criticize the work he does. But when we see that he was put in prison in Philippi for the sake of Christ, when the people realize that he's a Roman, they try to get him to come out secretly, quietly. But Paul says, no, let the magistrate fetch me. Okay? Because he needs to clear his name, that he's not an evildoer, he's not a lawbreaker, but he's in prison for the sake of Christ. If Paul had gone away quietly, as he suggested, uh, his influence would be affected. People say, oh, this man, I uh, don't know what he has done wrong. Uh. Now he's preaching the gospel, but yet he was in prison. Can I still trust him? So when brethren criticize things that we do, well, take it in good spirit. But when they they, uh, assassinate our character, we we might need to clear things up to to make sure that the things that we do, our Christian influence, is not being tarnished. So brethren, do we forbear positive examples? Things that we need to forbear in terms of characteristics, uh, personalities, habits, can we forbear one another? But of course, when it comes to matters of the faith, matters of truth, that is things that we cannot forbear. So having talked about Paul's plea, Okay, his request to the Ephesians to forbear one another. Let's now like look at the reasons that Paul gives why we need to forbear one another. And over here, we see two reasons that Paul gives why we need to forbear. Firstly, we forbear one another so that we can be able to walk worthy of the vocation where we are called. So it means that in order to forbear one another, we need to do so, knowing that it affects the name of Christianity. We need to walk worthy of the name as Christians. Because people look at us, what we do reflects our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. They will look at that and then see that, hey, these Christians are like that. Christianity is nothing good. It's the same way, right? For example, people look at their children and say that's the reflection of the parents' upbringing, how they teach their children. So when they look at Christians, it's a reflection of our Lord. So we need to forbear one another so that we won't bring shame to the name of Christ. So what does it mean to have a worthy walk? to walk worthily, It also means that we need to, when we walk worthily, we are fruitful in every good work. We are increasing the knowledge of God. As we go through life as a Christian, as we mature, we need to learn God's word to mature in them and to do good works. And one of these good works, of course, means that we need to learn to forbear one another, especially those who are weaker in the faith, those who are weaker in knowledge. We forbear with one another. That is what it means to have a worthy walk. On the other hand, the Bible also talks about those who do not walk in a worthy manner. Those who walk as the Gentiles walk in the vanity of the mind. When we do what the world teaches us, ah, the world will teach us that an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a brother do evil, evil to us, they do something wrong to us, you retaliate the same way. That's the wisdom of the world, the vanity of the mind. But when we're doing so, we are now walking in an unworthy manner. There's no difference between us and the world. The world will look at us and say, what's the difference being a Christian and not being a Christian? It's the same way. You treat others the same way as the way we treat others. How can you teach us to be a better person? So as Christians, in order not to bring shame on the name of Christ, we need to be able to walk worthy manner, to be able to bear the fruits of the Spirit, to be able to grow in the knowledge of God's Word. And what is the result of a lack of forbearance? What happens when Christians cannot forbear one another? We have an example in the Church at Corinth. We know that the church in Corinth was a church that was divided. But people have a lot of vested interests. They were looking at their own, pers- their own interests. They want to get a lot of strife, a lot of carnality. They were doing things that pleased them. And one of the problems was when brothers bring brothers to court. First Corinthians 6, we have this problem. And Paul who rebukes them. He says, brother goes to law with brother and that before the unbelievers. Now therefore, there is utterly a fault among you because you go to law, one with another. Why do you not rather take wrong? Why do you not rather suffer yourselves to be defrauded? So there was a problem because brothers refused to forbear one another. You do something wrong to me, I will bring you to court. You humiliated me, you insulted me, I want to charge you, I want to bring you to court. What was Paul's response? Why can't you suffer wrong? Why can't you be defrauded? Why cannot forbear with one another? The problem with that is that now they are shaming the church before unbelievers. Christians, can you imagine one church member suing another brother? My brother insulted me. He made a defamatory remark against me. I want to bring him to court. Public hear about it. Huh? Come out in the news, huh? brother so and so, so, brother so and so because of defamatory remarks. Can you imagine the kind of shame you come upon church? Huh? When people receive a check, oh, this church, I know. The church that got Christians are huh, suing one another. Wow, well, you are not known for spreading the truth. You are not known for good works. You are known for appearing in court. So the, church, the Bible tells us that brothers need to forbear one another because otherwise we bring shame on the name of Christ when we refuse to do so. The second reason why we need to forbear one another is for the sake of unity. We need to be united. Paul please with them to endeavor. Endeavor means to work very hard, to try your best to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So we forbear one another so that there will be unity in the church. But how can we have unity? Well, unity comes about when everybody is of the same mind. But having the same mind is not easy. Yeah? Because the way I think and the way you think is very different. All of us have different personalities, different experiences in life, different preferences. How to be of the same mind? Well, Peter tells us we need to have compassion on one another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. It means to treat others in the same manner that I would like to be treated. That is the way to have unity to esteem others better than ourselves. On the other hand, disunity is very easy to attain. Okay? Because we give in to our personal lust, that's when disunity happens. In fact, James will ask the Christians, where come the wars and fightings among you? Come not hence even of the lust that war in your members. So when people are prideful, people give in to their own selfish desires, everybody wants their way. What happens to the church? The church gets divided. Uh. Everybody wants their own thing. Yeah. Today, we'll talk about uh, what time to have worship when we move to East side. Uh, what time to have worship? Eventually, everybody says, I want my own preferred time. Uh. Wow, very tough. Uh. How you come to a consensus? Forbearing one another requires that we all think for others. We come to a common consensus. That's the way for us to have unity. Again, what happens when the church cannot forbear one another? You see that there's a lot of infighting. Uh. And such a church would not be a pleasant place to be in. In fact, Paul writes to the Galatians. He asked them to walk in the ways of the fruit of the spirit, to develop the fruit of the spirit and not to walk according to the flesh. Why so? Because he says, if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. The church should be a sanctuary where we come together, where we are at peace, we are at rest. We are delighted every week to see our brethren. We have joy from one another. But I imagine if you come here and think about, I just face this brother or sister again, a problem I need to be able to withstand the quarrels that we had the previous time how difficult it will be to worship God in peace. So we need to forbear one another in order for unity to prevail in the church. So brethren, the question is, when we forbear, are we doing it for the right reason? What is the reason why we forbear one another? Paul gives us a very good motivation. He says, I endure all things for the elect's sake. Why do ye endure everything? So that they may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Notice that Paul forbade the brethren for their salvation. He wanted them to be saved. That's why he forbade them. So when we talk about forbearing for the right cause, this also means that winning a brother is more important than winning an argument. What profit is this if you win an argument with a brother or sister? You prove that you are right, but you stumble them. They no longer come to church. You may, win the, you may win a small victory, but yet you lose a person's soul. Is that worth it? I remember someone once told me, yeah, uh, Apologizing doesn't mean that you are wrong. Apologizing means that you value the relationship more than being right. I think that's a very true saying. Sometimes you quarrel with your spouse, right? You apologize even though you don't think you're in the wrong. Why? In order to prevail the peace, to make the peace prevail so that you can be able to have a harmonious relationship. In the same way in the church, is it necessary always to say that I'm right? Even though I've suffered wrong, even though I have to be taken advantage of, can't we just apologize even if I'm not in the wrong just for the sake of harmony in the church? Isn't that better in order to win as brothers so that they can remain safe? And also, when we talk about doing it for the right cause, it's about establishing what is right instead of who is right. Chinese we have a saying, uh, means what? You do something, it's because of the people. You target the people but not the matter. So, for example, if uh, someone does things that is wrong to you, okay, uh, someone is rude to you, uh, because you like the brother, you like the sister, uh, you can get along well, say, ah, never mind, ah, the person is like that one. But if someone that you don't like, ah, he stumped you, ah, the person is so rude, the person very disrespectful. Well, we have a different mentality, we have different reaction, right? So, for us, we need to be no-respectful persons. We target matters, but not the person. So, forbearing one another means we forbear whatever is right. If it's right for a certain person, it's right for another person. If it's wrong for a certain person, it's also wrong for another person. We don't practice double standards in the church. So forbearing one another means that we need to consistent standards. If I can take something, I can forbear something, it means to be regardless of whoever is doing it. And thirdly, forbearing one another also means that we assume the best instead of the worst in others. If there's a conflict between me and a brother, the best thing for me to do is of course to be able to resolve the conflict. Iron things out, trash things out. But sometimes we feel that it's very embarrassing. I don't want to do that. I'd rather forbear it. If you want to forbear, then if you want to make assumptions, assume the best rather than the worst. If a brother or sister comes in late, you don't get assume the brother or sister stayed late last night. Or i up watching soccer. So that's why he's late. If you think about it, maybe he had a difficult night. Maybe he's taking care of a sick child. Maybe he was working last night. That's why he came late. Think the best of others instead of assuming the worst of others. So when we have that kind of mentality, the, the right reason, it makes it easier for us to forbear one another. But if we think the words of others, of course, we find it very difficult to forbear. Everything someone does, I don't like the person, I think the words of the person. Then it's very difficult to tahan. Because I say that this person is a very unlikable character, very disgusting character. But everything is happening in my mind. It's not reality. It's what I perceive of the person. So when we forbear one another, we do it for the right cause in order to win a brother for the salvation of others, rather than to prove that I am right, that I want my way. Are we doing it for the right cause? Have we looked at the requests to forbear one another? The reasons why to forbear one another, in order to work worthy of our, of our of calling as Christians, in order to have unity in the church. Let's now look at three requisites, how we can forbear one another. The attributes, the qualities that allow us to forbear one another. At verse 2, Paul says we need to forbear one another with all loneliness and meekness and long suffering. Let's look at loneliness first. The word loneliness means to have a humble opinion of oneself. Okay? As Romans chapter 12, verse 3 tells us, Paul says not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. You know, a person who thinks of himself very highly, yeah, it's hard to forbear one another. The person should listen to me because I know better. I am more experienced i longer in the faith. If we think too highly of ourselves, very hard for us to forbear one another. A person who is proud, right, will always find it difficult to get along with others. But imagine if we think of ourselves as a humble servant. I think of myself, others as above myself. Then it makes it easier for me to forbear one another, right? It's easy for you to forbear your boss, isn't it? Your boss tell you something, even if you don't like it, you do it. Because my boss is higher than me. But imagine if someone that's lower than you tell you to do something, well, you get very upset, very angry. Well, how dare he talk to me like that? That happens when we have a high opinion of ourselves. So the Bible tells us we need to have a humble opinion of ourselves, then it will be easy for us to forbear with others. We also need to develop meekness. Meekness means gentleness, mildness, and meekness translated from the Greek word. In the Bible, in St. Titus 3, verse 2, Paul says that we are to be gentle, to show meekness unto all men. So a person who is uh, in control of his emotions, who is meek, who is, uh, who is have his control and emotion in check, it's easy for him to forbear one another. But someone who is arrogant, who is harsh, you'll find that it's very difficult. Uh. Someone who is opposite of big. Uh. he wants his way, he wants things to be done right. Then it's very difficult to forbear others because I always think that my way is the right way. So in order to forbear one another, we need to develop this idea, this character of weakness. And thirdly, we talk about long suffering. In the Greek word, it translated as patience, forbearance, long-suffering, and slowness in avenging wrongs. It means that someone does something wrong to me, I am slow to avenge wrong. I can be able to take it in. I take it in, I am slow to retaliate. That's the the idea. And so when Paul talks about preaching the gospel, he says you have to do so with long-suffering and doctrine. So a person with long-suffering will be able to take things up. He can be able to endure the opposite of long-suffering uh, is quick-tempered. Uh. A quick-tempered person will always find it difficult to endure. Uh. Someone says something, I get upset, I get very angry, I straight away explode, okay? I give the person as good as I can give. So that person will find it hard to forbear. So I think these three attributes that Paul has taught us is very helpful for us to be able to forbear others. When we have a humble opinion of ourselves, when we are able to be gentle with others, always responding not with sharpness but with gentleness, and always having long-bearing, long-suffering, having patience, being able to put up with others, that helps us to be able to forbear one another. But Paul also says in Ephesians 4 verse 2, to forbear one another in love. Notice that love is involved because love encapsulates all these things we talk about. Love means that the person will be lo- have a loneliness of mind. Love means that the person will have weakness. Love also means that the person will be long-suffering. Loneliness of mind, Again, the characteristics of love. Paul tells us, love or charity, volunteers not itself, is not papa. So when you love somebody, you don't always show your your status to the person. uh. You talk to your wife, you don't always remind them, oh, I'm the CEO of so-and-so company. I'm I'm professor so-and-so. You don't write. You talk to them as an equal. So love don't promote ourselves over others. In the same way you treat brothers and sisters, even though they may be working with a lower salary, they may have lower education than us, we treat them as equals. Love is such that we do not fight ourselves, but we treat them as equals. And love also promotes weakness because love is not easily provoked and it thinketh no evil. As I mentioned, we need to give others the benefit of the doubt. Think the best of others instead of the worst. So when there is love, you will not be easily provoked by others. You will be able to bear with others. You will be have a gentle response to others. And love also promotes long suffering. Because love bears all things, believe all things, hope all things, and endure all things. We keep correcting a brother and sister, but they refuse to change. We have hope that they will eventually change. So we put up with them, we tolerate them, we tahan them. Love encapsulates all these things. So Paul says we need loneliness, meekness, and long suffering. But all these need to be motivated by love. If there's no love, we'll find that all this is very difficult to achieve. But when we have love for brothers and sisters, we see each other as our our relation, our relatives, our family members. Spiritually speaking, that that becomes easier for us to love, to tolerate, to forbear one another. So brethren, will we humble ourselves? We talk about being able to forbear one another. It requires a lot of humility, isn't it? We need to put others above ourselves. Like what Paul says in Philippians 2 verse 3, let nothing be done to strive or gain glory. By loneliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. So we need to give others the preference above ourselves. Uncle Peter preached to us a sermon about preferring one another. We need to give others the honor. We need to let them go first. That's the idea for bearing one another. So this also means that we need to put others' faith above our personal rights. As we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul talks about the issue of food offered to idols. If a brother is stumbled by you eating food offered to idols, there's nothing wrong with eating four or four idols because the idol is nothing. But if a brother is stumbled by that, then don't eat it. His faith is more important than my liberty. In fact, Paul says in Romans 14, if a brother is weak in faith, he eats only vegetables. Doesn't matter. Don't go and force him to eat meat, you'll stumble him. So Paul says, look at others' faith above their own personal rights. And when we talk about forbearing one another, it also means that we put other people's benefits above our own interests. We talk about starting inside. So starting inside was a difficult work, we have a lot of discussions when we started. One of the difficulties was talking about the timing that we want to worship. Stick the same or change the timing. A lot of us are creatures of habit. We prefer early start. Early start, go lunch early, and the rest of the day. But then you think about brethren, brethren who have maybe children, small children, Brethren who live very far. We have brethren coming from Yurong. A lot of effort to come here. Brethren who live all the way, various far, far off places. Visitors that might not be able to make it for early timing. Well, we learn to forbear. We say, okay, I'll take it. I'll make, I'll make adjustments to my schedule, to my lifestyle, my preferred timing. I come at a later timing. We put others' benefits above our own interests. Forbearing one another also means to put others' desires above our will. When we talk about moving to a new place, again, there are a lot of decisions to make. You know, we talk about this curtain that we have here, you see here. We have a lot of ideas. To, a lot of people, a committee of five, six people, all different ideas, different heads. We talk about having a partition, having a shelving, having a curtain. A lot of ideas. Everybody has their own thoughts. But well, we have to learn to forbear, right? It's not about my own will, but about what is good for the church. Eventually, it started on a curtain. So that means to forbear. You cannot always have your own way. You cannot always have your own preferences. But we do it with the, with the uh, interest of the majority in mind. Congregational, what benefits the congregation? We make decisions. So can we humble ourselves to forbear one another? So in this morning's lesson, we spoke about the topic, forbear one another. We look at the request that Paul had to forbear one another. Why so? So that we can walk worthy of our calling as Christians, so that we can keep the unity of the church. The church should not be split over personality differences. And look at three requisites. We need big loneliness. We need meekness. We need to be long-suffering. The Bible tells us we need to forgive and forbear one another. Because our Lord Jesus Christ also forgives and forbears us. As Colossians 3, verse 13 says, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do we. We forbear and forgive because our Lord does the same to us. He forgives us even though we have done wrong against Him. We sin against Him. And we notice that our Lord is very long suffering towards us In fact, the Bible talks in 2 Peter 3, verse 9, that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise by his long suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The reason that Christ is not coming yet is because he offers us a chance to repent. He forbears us, even though we have sinned against him, we have done much wrong against him, but he forbears us. In the same way, for the sake of the salvation of brethren, can we forbear one another? I started off my introduction with a thought that if we cannot forbear one another in this life, how can we forbear one another for all eternity? But you know, the problem is that if we cannot forbear one another in this life, the issue is that we will miss out on heaven in the life to come. Because Hebrews 12 verse 14 says, follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Notice, we can't see God uh, unless we have holy lives. And also, unless we have peace with all men. Peace not just with people that we get along with, people we like. My Bible says, peace with all men. But of course, this is dependent on ourselves. As Romans 12 verse 18 says, as much as life in you, live peaceably in all men. The onus is not on others but on us. We do our best to live peaceably with others. We extend the only branch wherever others offend us. We need to do that so that we can be in heaven. In heaven, there will be peace. People who love one another get along with another. We will see each other in heaven. So when I think about heaven, uh, one thought comes to me is the idea of family. This is a picture that was taken at our recent church camp. Uh. I think we all enjoy it very much. Uh. I remember G and Evan says, can we stay there for longer? Uh? They want another church camp. You know, when I think about church camp, uh, I think about heaven. Uh, it's like a forever church camp. Uh. Always when they ask feedback for church camp, my feedback is too short. Can we have a longer church camp? Wonderful times, right? We have church camp together. But imagine, uh, heaven is like a standard church camp. You don't need to go back to work. You don't think about your job. You don't think about health. You are just there forever. But you know, church camp, we also forbear one another, right? Okay. The person next door snoring too loud. Uh. Uh, I know that, that the brother complained that it's not too loud. Uh. But he still forbear me. I uh. didn't say, don't come church camp. Well, we forbear one another. We forbear others when we queue for food. Uh. Wow, some people take a lot of food. Uh. The good food no more left for us. Well, we still forbear one another. We talk about teaching and lessons. Uh, some people, I wait a lot my lesson too long. Uh. I'm sorry that I run a little, overrun a little. But you are forbear with me, right? So I think a lot of times we forbear one another. Church can we enjoy because we forbear one another. In order for us to enjoy life in the church, we need to forbear. Because if there's no forbearance, we cannot enjoy the fellowship, the warmth that we have as a spiritual family. So let us learn to forbear one another while we are on earth. Because we need to forbear one another for eternity when life is over. So brethren, others have forbore us when we were young and immature. Remember, when we're younger in the faith, we do a lot of foolish things, things that upset people, things that we regret later, right? Others forbear us. Can we likewise forbear others who are younger and immature in the faith? Sometimes people do things that irritate us. Well, because they are younger Christians, they are newer in the faith. They have not reached a certain spiritual maturity. Let us learn to forbear one another. As Paul says in Romans 15, verse 1 and 2, we that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. Notice so he's a strong bearing with the weak rather than the other way around. If we think that we are strong in the faith, well, there is our duty to forbear others that are weaker than us. And to the friends and uh, friends visitors that are with us in our midst, thank you for joining us for this morning's worship. You know, God has been forbearing towards us as well. Romans 2 verse 4 tells us, do you despise the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. God's forbearing of us is so that we can be saved. The Bible says God's goodness, God's forbearance should lead us to repentance. When someone forbears us, we don't take the forbearance for granted. Rather, we should change our ways so that we can be able to make amends for the wrong we have done. We have offended God. We have let God down countless times. Will we obey the gospel? Will we let His forbearance and goodness Lead us to repentance, to make ourselves right with God. The scheme of redemption has been given to us. God sent His Son, Jesus died on the cross, and the Holy Spirit revealed to us the plan of salvation. All part, you have heard the gospel, you have heard the good news, what we need to do to be saved? for those of you who have been with us for some time. If you believe the gospel, the next step is to repent of your sins. Things that we have done wrong, this is actually talk about the need to forbear one another. There are things that we need to do also, forgive one another, to love one another a lot of relationship things that we need to do for one another. Also, changes we need to make in our lives because we say that to see God, we need to follow peace with all men and holiness. So if there's sin in our life, we need to repent of the sins. We need to confess Jesus as Son of God before men and then to be baptized to wash away our sins. Subsequently, we need to continue in faithfulness to God. That's how we can be saved from sin. Friends, if you like to obey the gospel, do let the person beside you know or let anyone of us know And we're glad to help you to make the decision to be baptized. Let us now sing the hymn of invitation and encouragement. Uh, And we will call upon Samuel to lead us in the hymn.
1: Have you lifted a stone from your brother's way As he struggled along the ice road have you lovingly touched some frail, toy worn hand shared with someone we say we know? All the things we mean to you and I, you and I, all the love we can give if we try, just a one so. As we are passing along, they will come in the great by and by. Have you spoken a word full of hope and share? Have you walked with a slower pain? Till the weary of her who was stumbling on, took new courage to run the race. All oh, the things we may do, you and I, you and I, all oh, the love we can give if we try, just a one. As we're passing along, they will come with the grip by and by. Have you held up your night through the shadows, that so that somebody else might see? Have you lived with the Christ through the long, long day, gaining many a victory? Oh, the things we may do, you and I, you and I, oh, the love we can give if we try just so well. As we're passing along, they will come in the grave by and by.